0: Hi everyone, welcome again to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. Get a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow. And where we try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can as we continue to serve our Lord. Um, again, before we get into today's podcast, we'll get into more analytics and stuff on Monday. Uh, Lord willing, so be looking forward to that podcast there. And then we'll get into another topic, um, but we'll discuss that again. We just want to thank you guys so much for listening. And we ask you continue to subscribe and share and and listen and keep growing with us. So we, we appreciate it so much. All right, so let's get into today's podcast. So I wasn't gonna do one today. But um <clears throat> over the past couple couple uh couple days um I've been kind of studying and looking at some stuff uh with dad in the office in the morning and I just thought, you know, if I needed it, maybe somebody else needs this. So this is literally just kind of off the fly here. But uh, we're gonna entitle this one. It's time to get your optimism back. It's time to get your optimism back. Well, what do you What do you mean by that? Here's let's kind of let's let's kind of break this down here. So I believe it was yesterday. Dad and I are in the office and uh, we're talking about faith, right? And Dad and I are looking at a bunch of scriptures and we're sitting together and we're talking and we're asking how both of us can improve, not only ourselves, but how can we help people at the local congregation here how can we help their faith grow more how can we help everybody more and um, i asked him a question and i said um so dad when you so how do you use how do you use faith and how do you have confidence that god is going to help you despite what's already happened before you know what you've already seen go wrong and what's not going right right now How do you have that ultimate confidence that the Lord is going to handle it in the future? So how do you help people? How do you help people see that it can get better when all they've seen is it hasn't gotten better? How do you help people? And so um, dad explained it and he said, well, I think sometimes we we have a false view of what faith is. And we think just like Job's friends thought. We think that when we do good, then good things are going to happen because we decided to do good. That's not how faith works. It sounds weird to say that it does, but that's not how faith works. So when you use faith, you could do something that the Lord wanted you to do. You could do something good, but then bad things might happen because you decided to do something good. But then also on the flip side, by not using faith you could do something bad and you might get something, and I'm putting it in quotations, you might get something good, might get more money, you might get more friends, you might get more whatever. And so the thing dad said is people in that situation, you have to help them to trust God and you have to help them believe in his character. And I was just kind of mulling on that and thinking about that for the past couple days and Um, I realize you know, I need to get better at that for myself before I even start teaching people. Um, and, and we're going, this is, this is where we're going here with our topic of it's time to get your optimism back, but it's time to get it back with faith. You see growing up, you know, I feel like now I've kind of lost that optimism that I used to have. So I mean, growing up, I mean, I was very—I felt like I was optimistic. I believed I could do, I could do anything, um, and not an arrogant—I can do anything. But I was just like, well, you know, I serve the Lord. I do this. I mean, things are just gonna work. Um, but now, like that same optimism isn't there, like it was before. It's not even close. And so I had to ask myself, like, what changed? It wasn't God. It wasn't. It wasn't the Bible. It wasn't the scriptures. I mean, that stuff is constant. That stuff is an anchor. That stuff hasn't changed. So what changed? So what happened for me is as I examined myself, I started looking back and I started looking at how things went. And when things went wrong in my eyes at the time for different scenarios, when things went wrong, then my effort level started to sink. So when something went wrong, my confidence didn't go up my confidence went down. And what happened is I did exactly what dad said. I, I started not to believe in God's character. And so maybe that's you, right? Maybe that's you right now. Maybe you used to feel optimistic. Maybe um, you know you used to have this, this great optimistic outlook on life, but then things happen and it just seems like you're not as positive or you're not as optimistic as you used to be maybe that is you. And if so, this, I hope this helps you today. This is this quick study really helped me. And so I want to look at three things that um, that will take away our optimism. Three things that I came up with that will take away our optimism. And as we go through this, I think this will help break down some problems. But I think this will also help us to get better because what we want to do is we want to have that faith in God to where when things happen, we still have the ultimate confidence that things are going to be okay. And that's the goal. And that's the goal for myself. And that's the goal for me um, to transfer onto you. All right. So let's start with the first one. The first thing that will take away your optimism is when you start playing games with yourself. When you start playing games with yourself, it'll take away your optimism. You're like, what are you talking about? It doesn't make sense. Well, think about this. There's two destroying mindsets that you and I can have. Two destroying mindsets. And remember, we're talking about spiritually here, but I mean, physically this this works too. But spiritually, here's two things that are going to destroy you. One, when you think you're stronger than what you really are, that can destroy you. Because when you think you're ready for so many other things, and then all of it bombards you and you're not ready, then you'll really realize how much work you still got left to do. And that's a that's a bad place to be in. But then number two, the second destroying mindset is thinking that you can never get better. Well, I'm, I might not be strong, but I don't think I can get stronger. See, now that'll destroy you too. And so the thing about faith is so many times with faith, we try to think about things like rationally. But you can't think about faith in a rational way. And so here, we always bring up the golden rule, right? So treat others the way you want to be treated, basically. So if you do good, then what's going to happen to you? Good's going to come back. If you do bad, what's going to happen? Bad's going to come back. So, but with faith, you got to think about faith is not something that makes sense rationally. You can't use your human reason and my human reason when making a decision on faith, and so think about this. Look at the, look at Genesis chapter three, and I want you to look at verses nine and ten. And again, if you're new to the podcast, you know we love to open up our Bibles here, and we hope that you'll open and study with us here. So uh, Genesis chapter three, and I want you to look at verses. Uh, let me make sure I have the right text here. No, that should be uh, that should be Exodus. I'm sorry, it should be Exodus chapter three. Exodus chapter three, verses um, nine and ten. Now, while you're turning there this is this is where God calls Moses. Now remember Moses at this time, he had already left Egypt, and now he's shepherding in Midian for forty years, so he had already left, and he's been gone for forty years, but now God talks to him. Now notice what happens here in verses nine and ten of Genesis or Exodus chapter three. It says here, notice this now, therefore. Behold, the cry of the children of Israel come unto me, and I have seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppress them. Come now, therefore, and I will send thee to Pharaoh, that ye may bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. So think about what Moses just saw. Moses just saw a burning bush speaking to him, and the bush wasn't consumed. Then Moses hears God say that his people are oppressed. And then God says, I want you to go back. People don't, you, you don't realize how scary that was for Moses. I'm, I'm in a class right now, the Bible and archaeology for my master's program. And we're talking about Moses right now. And the thing about Moses is he was learned in so many different ways of the Egyptians, according to Acts chapter seven, I believe verse 22, where, I mean, Moses got the entire curriculum of what it was like to be egyptian so i mean he had military tactics he had sports he had science he had you know history he knew they had a bunch of stuff that he learned but remember after he killed the egyptian he ran off right into midian so when god told him to go back to where he ran away from that had to have been scary for him so when moses made those excuses so when moses said i can't speak Moses was trained to speak, but because he had been away for so long, his rational mind said, I can't, so I'm not going to try. I don't want to go back. You see, with faith, we can't think rationally. We can't think rationally because think about how scary this would have been for Moses. But what did God say? I am that I am. And he said, I'll be with you. He said that three or four times. And so Moses finally believed God and he went. Now let's look at this. Look at Genesis chapter 12. Genesis 12 and look at verse number one. Again, this is Abraham, This is God calling Abraham. And so now notice what happens here in verse one. <clears throat> now the Lord said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy father's kindred and out of thy father's house and to a land that I will show thee. You see, we kind of glossed through that one too. <clears throat> but you got to think how hard this was for Abram. Sometimes it's hard for us today to leave our family's house. Sometimes that's difficult. So he told Abram to go, but he didn't give him any direction. He said, go to a place that I will show thee. Doesn't sound rational, does it? But what's the the common denominator between Moses and Abram? They didn't think rationally. They left and they did what God said. Why did they do that? Because they believed in God's word. And they believed in his character. See, this is why, and this is why I asked that question to dad. This is why we we don't use faith, and myself included. This is why we don't use it like we should. Because when a decision comes up, when a problem comes up, when an issue comes up, when something happens that we have to use faith, What happens is we rack our brains and we try to rationalize everything. You could have, you can make the most perfect plan for whatever situation that you're in. And it's still not going to be good enough. You see, with faith, faith does it because God said it. Faith doesn't try to say, well, if I do this, then. Faith doesn't say, well, I don't know if I. Well, faith doesn't say, I don't think I'm strong enough. I don't think I'm, faith doesn't say those things. We say those things. See, faith just goes because I trust in God. Isn't that beautiful? But that's so hard. That is so hard to live out. And so think about how many decisions that we have to make on faith. And so maybe you feel lost. Maybe you feel like your optimism is gone. Because whenever a decision comes up, you try to rationalize everything. Maybe sometimes we just need to act on faith. Now, again, remember, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So the thing about faith is, are you going to always understand the outcome? Are you always going to see the outcome? No. But with faith. You still trust in God, even though you can't see the outcome yet. That's so hard. That is so hard. So the thing that'll take away your optimism is when you play these games with yourself, the next thing you know, you'll be so afraid to make a decision on faith because past decisions haven't worked out. That got me too. When past things don't work out, this is what hurts us so much is we take whatever happened in the past And we apply it to whatever is happening in the future. So some things come along and we take that baggage from the past and we put that baggage on things in the future. And so then we have this pessimistic attitude about everything and everyone that comes in our lives because, well, it didn't work out before. So what's going to make this situation different? Well, it didn't work out before. What's going to make this person different? Well, it didn't work out before. What's going to make this different? You see, that's that's not what faith does. That's what we do. That's not what faith does. So the first thing that'll take away your optimism is when you play those games with yourself. Second thing, this is good too. <clears throat> the second thing that um that will take away your optimism is when you play games with others. This is this is good too. So think about this. Think about a time where <clears throat> Something happened that you feel was negative, that someone else did to you, right? That you feel was negative. How did that make you feel? You, did you feel used? Did you feel toyed with? Did you feel, um, you know, not respected? Whatever you want to, whatever you want to put in the blank. How did you feel? So what happens is sometimes, while we continue to play those games with ourselves. Sometimes what happened to us in the past, we do to somebody else because we haven't used faith. What do you mean by that? Here's I want you all to show if you're watching the video portion here, I'm holding up this book. Um, It's a great read. I I hope you guys can pick this up. It's called Understanding People uh, Learning to Get Deep Longing Relationships with People uh, by Dr. Larry Crabb. And what he does is he goes through this book. And he goes through the certain emotions that we feel when things happen. And he comes from a um, he comes from a Christian background or a or a religious background. And so you got to think about this. He he mentioned this in his book. He says things that we don't understand. Now remember, what does Hebrews eleven one say? Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, or the, the things that we don't understand. So, this is what he mentions things that we don't understand sometimes, it damages our pride. And what happens is it makes us vulnerable. Then, what happens when we become vulnerable because we've been playing these games with ourselves and we've been playing games with other people, then every time something happens or something happens in the future, we become defensive. And everybody becomes a threat. Well, you're the next so-and-so that's going to do what he did well she's the next so-and-so that's going to do what they did well they're the next so-and-so that's going to do what then we become defensive and so then this is what he mentions this is so good guys this is such a great book he says what happens is when we have that type of mindset number one we'll start playing games with other people without even thinking about it then he says we become emotional demanders What does that mean? An emotional demander is someone that's been hurt in their past. And when they've been hurt, anybody else that comes into their life in the future or any other situation that comes into their life in the future, they'll try to control it. So it won't go off like the situation had in the past. So they'll try to control that person. They'll try to control the situation as best as possible because they don't want a repeat of what happened before in the past. So you emotionally demand from other people. What are you talking about? So he he mentioned a husband and a wife in the book. He said, here's a wife that's been hurt before. And now the husband comes in. Right. And so this is what happens because she hasn't worked that out with herself then what he becomes is he becomes used by her. So now what she does is when I don't receive something that, that I want from you, then I'm not going to give you anything. I will always assume the worst about you. Then ultimately you have no more use for me because now I can't control the situation like I want to. You see, we become emotional demanders to people. <laughs> this is so good. He says we can't he said the problem is we can't treat people like a dog treat mentality you know we got a we got a golden retriever, and she'll eat like all day right We'll give her like fruit, we'll give her like chicken like she'll eat everything, but she won't eat lettuce, <laughs> but she'll eat she'll eat everything else and so what happens is we treat people like a dog treat mentality because we're hurt because we've been playing games with ourselves because we haven't used faith because um because we've been playing games with other people and because ultimately we've lost our optimism because of what happened before then we treat people with a dog treat mentality you do something for me okay i'll do something for you back i'll give you a treat i'll give you and the treat i'll give you my affection and i'll give you my attention but you don't do something for me then I close myself off until you give me what I want. You see, now you become defensive. See, now what are you doing? What am I doing? Now we're playing games. See, I don't know about you, but I don't like playing games. I don't like playing games. And so the thing is, we can't grow in faith if we're this way with ourselves and if we're this way with other people. I mean, there's no way we can do that. And so he mentions this, and I want to read this quote that he, that he wrote. He says, Christians who deny how they really feel and use and examine their emotions, they typically are the ones that are unable to enter and to touch another person's life deeply. They've sealed off themselves, and they won't be able to properly deal with the deep parts of other people. Spiritual maturity is to feel all of your emotions and not get bitter and not manipulate, but trust God for strength to persevere. <laughs> how awesome is that that is that is incredible, but you got to think how many how many marriages do we have, how many relationships in the church, how many families do we have with two people that are playing games with themselves? Then they got together. Now they're playing games with each other. Now their family is messed up. Now they got kids. Now it's all. You see how we just got to get back to the Bible, guys. You just got to get back. But here's how you stop playing games with other people. You got to learn to examine where you're at. Look at this. Look at Psalm uh, 139. Psalm chapter 139 uh, verses 23 and 24, I believe. Make sure I have the right text. Yes. Psalm uh, one thirty nine, verses twenty three through twenty nine. Yeah, that's the text. So notice this. So what happens is, instead of examining ourselves like like um, we're we're called to do, what happens is instead of fixing, not I don't want to say that word. I don't want to say fixing, but instead of uh, learning to deal with and handle with our emotions and what's happened before then what happens is we get defensive and then we hurt other people. But notice what the psalmist writer, or actually David here, notice what he asked God in verse 23 and 24. He says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. You know, and this is something that I need to do more, and I needed to do more when I talked about it with Dad in the office. You know, it. It wasn't the most pleasant experience to sit there and talk about what you're not doing. It, re- it really wasn't because you realize, man, like, I am not exercising faith the way that I need to. Like, that wasn't a fun, you know, happy-go-lucky conversation. But you got to think, man, like, I'm not, I'm not doing that, especially, and you, you got to think about this for a couple of days. Like, I'm not doing that. I need to get better. I need to grow. And so David asked God the same thing. David didn't say, well, let me do this. Let me do that. He said, Lord, I want you to look at me. I want you to search me. I want you to know my heart. I want you to know my thoughts. In verse 30, or verse 24, I'm sorry. Then he says, and I want you to do that. Why, David? Why, God? And I want you to search me to see if there be any wicked way within me. And I want you to lead me in the right way, in the way of righteousness. You know, that takes work to do that. It takes a spiritually mature person to ask God, God, I want you to to help me. God, I want you to search me, not because, you know, I want to seem better. I want you to do that to walk me in a better path. That's that's a maturity there from David. And so what happens is instead of doing this, then we'll get so defensive with ourselves and with others, instead of asking the Lord to help us to get better for other people. See, one of the one of the most beautiful processes that I'm finding as I'm learning to to preach and teach and do all this is learning to see where I'm at as an individual and challenging myself. And then whatever I ask someone else to do, I'm willing to do it with them. That's a beautiful process to grow with people. So now, you know, we can, it's easier that way not to see each other as this leveling system, but we all see each other as, well, we're, we're trying to work together to get better. And David, David was king and David said, look, Lord, I need help. I need help. And so what can take away your optimism in your life? Well, one thing that can take away your optimism is when you play these games with yourself, when you don't think you need to use faith, when you haven't been using faith, and when you've been trying to figure things out on your own up to this point. How's that been working out? <laughs> to quote uh, quote Dr. Phil, so you've been doing all this stuff for the past like 20-something years. How's that been working out for you? <laughs> you got to be real when you when you examine yourself. So, okay, so let's say you've been doing everything you're doing up to this point. Are you happy? Most of you are probably saying no. You feel like you can grow? I hope you would say yes. You feel like you can improve? I hope you can say yes. So now, when you use faith, what are you going to do? Are you going to get defensive and run away? Or are you going to examine yourself and do what you can to get better? That's the decision. Then another thing that can take away your optimism is when you play these games with others because you haven't used faith and because you're so defensive and scared because of what happened in the past then you apply that to everybody else in the future and then you start playing games with them so then next thing you know you might not even see yourself doing this well i'll only be nice to you if you're nice to me i'll only give you attention if you give me attention i'll only you see how you start to try to control people you try to control situations it's a defense mechanism You do that so you won't feel what you felt before. But people aren't meant, here's the thing that you're, that, you know, spiritually mature people understand people aren't meant to be controlled, people aren't meant to be manipulated. See what people need from other people? They need the gospel. And number two, what people need from other people is they need to feel true love from people, true agape. They don't need you to control them. You don't need to control other people to to get what you want. I don't need to control other people to get what I want. You can't do that with people. And so maybe your optimism is not where it needs to be because maybe all this time without you knowing that's what you've been doing with everybody. In some way, you've been trying to put somebody in this box and control them when you can't do that. Then number three, what's the third thing that'll take your optimism away? When you play games with God, you see the first two hurt us a lot, playing games with each other and playing games with ourselves. But then ultimately we lose our optimism and we lose our faith in God because we're playing games with him. You see Hebrews eleven six, it mentions, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. But you have to believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. See, this is what Dan and I were talking about, what was so hard and what I've been thinking about all week. You see, trusting God through trial, trusting God through disappointment, through hurt, through pain, through the unknown is hard. It is hard. You see, and we can't give people a false sense of what faith is. So we can't give people, well, when you use faith, hey, man, things are just going to work out. Hey, when you use faith, like your life is going to be easier. Hey, when you use faith, things are just going to, that's not how faith works. So when you use faith, things might get harder. When you use faith, you know, just like Joseph, you might be put in situations where you're by yourself for a good 15 years. That's not easy. But what happened so many times, and this is, this is what happened with me too, is When you make a decision on faith or decisions on faith, and after you made certain decisions, right, plural, when you make those and things don't work out the way that you thought they should, or things aren't working the way that you feel that they should, then we lose our optimism in God. Well, Lord, don't you see me giving this effort? Don't you see me trying to be the best that I can? I'm trying, I'm, I'm, I'm giving everything I've got to you. I'm doing all this. I've done all this, but why is it that like, it's just not working? Like it doesn't seem to be working. And so what happens is then we lose our faith in God because things aren't working because we can't see it. And that's hard. But one thing about faith is you have to believe that God knows what he's doing. And you just got to follow. That's so hard. That's so hard. And think about Joseph for a second. You know, 16 years of doing what the Lord wanted you to do. 16 years of growth. 16 years of doing all that. And nothing happens. You know, you think about how hard mentally that would have been for him. And so when it comes to having faith in God. Faith doesn't think rationally, not necessarily. What faith does is faith believes in the word of God. Right now, we're studying Job right now. And, uh, you know, we're going verse by verse and we're going like really slow. And as we're studying Job, I think about the mental fortitude that he had to have. You know, think about Job making the decision on faith. To keep believing in God after months of suffering, after months of hearing his friends. And here's the hard part. You know, you really, you know, you never really think about how hard that would be until you break that down. So think about this. Think about if you've made a decision on faith in your life. And let's say you got a group of four or five people that you consider faithful, and you make a decision on faith. And imagine those four or five people that you consider friends, that you consider faithful every conversation that they have with you they question your decisions every single single conversation they have with you uh, they say some way it's your fault every single conversation they paint it as you did something wrong that's why you're suffering imagine how hard that would be especially from from men that you feel are faithful and they tell you that you're wrong when you know you're not it's a tough situation to be in. But what Job continued to do is he continued to trust God. So how do you get your optimism back? Instead of playing games with yourself, grow with yourself. Grow with yourself. Really, I mean, and sometimes you got to dig into some places in yourself that are scary. Sometimes you got you to gotta open up some doors that Hey, man, I got, I, had, I needed to do better here. I, I probably shouldn't have done that. I probably could have done this better. You're going to have to, you know, you got to have to be honest with yourself there. But that's how you grow. Two, so instead of playing games with others, grow with others. You know, instead of bringing others into your pain, help others out of theirs. But in order to help others out of their pain, you got to have a good handle on yours. So instead of using people for your affection, or for your needs, or for your wants, or for your demands, or for what, whatever you want, grow with people. Grow with them. Then number three, instead of playing games with God, grow with Him. Learn to trust Him. Learn to believe in Him. Despite what, what's going on, just learn to believe that the Lord has this in His hands, and my only responsibility... Through the trial, disappointment, hurt, pain, unknown, loneliness, whatever you want to put in there, it is my job not to figure it out. It is my job not to try to analyze it. It's my job not to try to figure out a plan. It's my job to be faithful and follow. That's what my job is. That's what your job is too. What a great study, right? I said, you guys pray for me as I've studied this, this week and, and, you know, as I continue to, you know, try to develop and go through this, this is tough. It's hard, but you know, I don't know about you, but I love helping people, but in order to help people like you got to be right, you got to be right. And so, you know, we don't want to waste time just playing games with ourselves all these years. You know, we don't want to waste time playing games with others and playing games with God. The next thing you know, we look up and we're 40 and we're bitter Because we didn't want to put in the work in our 20s. You know, we got to grow up. We got to grow up. And so it's time to get your optimism back. You know, you might be in a situation right now in your life where some things may not have worked out. And if they didn't work out, I'm sorry that they didn't. I truly am. I'm sorry that things didn't work out. But don't let what didn't work out in your past keep you pessimistic about your future. You know, it's time to really start looking up instead of looking backwards. So let's get our optimism back. Man, that's such a great study. Keep liking, sharing, and subscribing to the the podcast. Uh, We hope that we'll be back on Monday with you guys. We appreciate you. We love you guys. Um, And we will see you guys on Monday. Thanks, guys.